Today's episode of the Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. Hey, NBA Show fans, we all know meetings. Struggling to pay attention? Files seem impossible to find? We're secretly streaming the game on our laptop while nervously tapping our foot below the conference room table. And if you're not in a room, you're not in the know. Luckily, there's a solution for all the meeting-related issues that we constantly complain about. Welcome to the new slam dunk to work together, Microsoft Teams. Using Microsoft Teams is one play that's guaranteed to work every time, where you can contribute to meetings from anywhere, even on the court. Chat with coworkers so you're never out of the loop. Find all your files and even edit them in real time in one convenient place. The greatest NBA teams have mastered the art of communication and organization. When you're ready to unleash the power of your team, open Teams. Because meetings of the past are for rookies, right? There is nothing worse than having to go to a meeting at a time that you don't have to be there anyway. So, like, you have to go to some kind of early meeting when you wouldn't normally be there that early, and then you've gone to a meeting that probably wasn't even about you, and then you got to sit around for a long time. I'd give anything to have Microsoft Teams, because then I could just pull up my computer, and now I'm, I'm part of the meeting, and I don't have to be down at the office for the meeting that wasn't about me anyway. Learn more about how to improve your work efficiency at Microsoft.com slash Teams. That's Microsoft.com slash Teams. Today's episode of The Mismatch brought to you by Brilliant Earth. Create your own one-of-a-kind engagement ring with Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. Brilliant Earth's exclusive, unique designs are brought to life by master jewelers, and they offer free shipping and returns on all orders. For a limited time, you can earn toward a future purchase when you buy now. Order today for delivery by Valentine's Day and receive complimentary diamond earrings with any engagement ring purchase. To see terms for this special offer and receive Brilliant Earth credit with your purchase, go to brilliantearth.com slash ringerNBA. NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin Opinionated, Kevin O'Climber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Conflict. Kevin! Verno, what's going on this morning? Well, before we get to anything, two quick notes. Number one, I wanted to send a heartfelt thank you to all of you that have uh, reached out to Kevin and I after the podcast on Tuesday. It's a podcast that surely we did not want to have to do considering the subject um and we did get rather personal talking about a lot of different things and there were so many people that reached out over the course of the past three days i was rather overwhelmed and so a gigantic thank you to all of you that listen and you know said such nice things because it's something that i think everybody that is a sports fan has been kind of coming to terms with uh, since the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter on Sunday. And so I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm, I'm not great about responding to as many people as I'd like to. And so I wanted to at least uh, let everybody know that we read all of those and that, um, 
certainly appreciate those listening and the kind words. Absolutely. Th- thank you, everybody, so much. I still have to get to responding to some emails and, and messages, but um, they, they, thank you so much. It, it means the world that, that in some way um, it made a positive impact to hear us talk about it because it just means as much to us to get that positive feedback and positive thoughts and vibes in return. So thank you. And second thing is the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, and we have many times taken over for uh, Kevin Clark and Robert Mays, no, <laughs> though no one has ever asked us to um, on this particular show. By the way, their pod has been great this week from the Super Bowl. Uh, the if, if you're a nerd, the one with Warren Sharp is just unbelievable. I love Warren it. Sharp, one of the smartest humans on oh, planet Earth for sure. I mean, like, is he actually human? He's so he, smart, and he, his he, mustache. We talk about facial hair. He has a great mustache. Just saying, Kevin. Kevin, that dude. <laughs> All right, listen to this. You ready for this? Now, this dude wrote a 45-page preview to the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I I have never written 45 pages of anything in my life. I mean, maybe like in college, I I was struggling. I was doing like double spacing. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to change fonts, anything. Like like size 12.5 times New Roman. I know. Unbelievable. (laughs) This dude wrote a 45. I mean, you got to really, you got to love the damn Super Bowl. (laughs) <laughs> pull that off. Oh my. Anyways, the pod with Warren's great. I uh, there is a sports book that has opened eight minutes from my studio, Kevin. Ooh. And uh just this week. And I think I'm gonna race over after everything's done today and go check it out and see what they've got up uh for the game this weekend. What would Kevin O'Connor tell me to uh put my money down on? 49ers. Ooh. Really, you're you're uh, that that you're, Kyle you're, Shanahan offense. Mina Kimes put out a great stat last week about how the Chiefs. I don't remember off the top of my head. I've been busy with basketball and life, but Chiefs don't do well against offenses that have a lot of motion pre-snap. Oh. And Fort San Francisco uses more motion than anybody by far. You so mean they, they struggle? You mind. say they struggle against it? Yes, it's Kansas City's defense struggles against motion oh. offenses, and that's what San Francisco does more than anybody else. It's just an interesting little tidbit to keep in mind when you sit down on Sunday and with your buddies and you're with your family and you're watching the game. Just watching out for that. How Kansas City's defense prepared and adapts over the course of the game against San Francisco's pre-stat motion oh, offense. Okay. And right, if maybe well. if San Francisco has any new wrinkles in what they do. Mahomes just feels like one of those that like if I bet against him, I'd be like, what am I doing? Why? Why am I betting on... I get it's a team sport, but it's Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Patrick Mahomes are the two guys. Like you got to trust one of them, right? In in the biggest spot. Yeah, and, I, but- and, and 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 I'm I'll tell you this, just real quick as an aside, I'm always the guy that like like typically takes the defenses in these spots, right? Like whether it is Seattle, um, you know, or it was New England, or it was that Denver team, or you know, I'll I'll typically take. The, the 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 much superior defense, which is clearly the 49ers in this, right? Mm-hmm. But then, and, and the same thing goes in college. And then Clemson got absolutely blown out by LSU. And and you remember the Eagles, obviously you remember, the Eagles beat the Patriots. And I, I've just been thinking over the last couple of years, and this is the same and true across sports, is like, all right, are we now just in this offensive age where, this feeling I had for so long, like the defenses can really win. The defense wins championships, as we've said forever, right? That that maybe that's not the case anymore. I don't know. 
Well, and, and that's why, you know, this just to tie this to NBA real quickly, with the Patriots losing that Super Bowl against the Eagles, this is why you can't use Super Bowl or finals losses against a LeBron or Tom Brady, because Tom Brady in that game against the Eagles had one of the greatest quarterback performances in history, period. And he lost. Just like LeBron has had had magnificent performances in the finals and he's lost as well. Well it's unfair to use their I, record in I those know. big games. I think this is going to be way high scoring. I do think that. Yeah, I do I think hope that. so. So I hope it's I, good. I hope it's a great yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. I don't have some kind of like massive rooting interest, so I love this. <laughs> it's two awesome teams, yeah. and it's a great Super Bowl. Anyways, let's get yeah. to what's happened in the NBA. And the biggest news from yesterday was the NBA and its All-Star Game and changing the format. Um, it is in Chicago this year, and the teams are going to compete to win each of the first three quarters, all of which start with a score of 0-0 and will be 12 minutes long. At the start of the fourth quarter, the game clock will be turned off and the final target store score will be set. The final target score will be Woo. determined by taking the leading team's total number through three quarters and adding 24 points. The 24, of course, representing the late Kobe Bryant's uniform number. Um, look, people complain about the All-Star game every single year. And they're like, oh, it's just an exhibition and who cares and whatever else. I, I, I couldn't care less about them trying to change it and make it more interesting. And I'm fascinated to see if this does well, actually make it a lot more competitive and more interesting. Also, each quarter, the team that wins donates to charity as well. Right. Correct. Yes. Right. Uh, like 100,000 after the first for each of the first three quarters. And then the whoever wins the game uh, donates 300,000 or something like that. Um, right. That's great. That's cool. Uh, I sort of I'm cool with it. I, I think adding the the wrinkle at the end of the game, which is effectively the Elam ending um, that we see in other variations of basketball with playing to a number two twenty four points in the fourth quarter. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll be nice to see NBA players playing within this type of system to see how it goes. And it's confusing at first when you read all that out. It kind of goes over your head. But if you sit down for 20 seconds and hear it explained, it's it's not too bad. It's just the the score resets, but it still matters in the, entering the fourth quarter. Well, and do they care about the quarters now? You know what I mean? Like it stands to reason they might actually care if they win the quarter or not. You know, therefore sure, yeah. creating therefore creating more competition. Like I don't have any problem with any of this. Like you've seen in the NHL, they'll do the three on three thing. During the All-Star, why not? I mean, people complain about all of these All-Star games all the time, right? If they, if they like, and and I know the most tradition-laden is baseball, but if they said next year's the All-Star game, strikeouts are worth two outs and home runs are worth two runs, like, I'd be fine. <laughs> I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, anything to make it more fun. No doubt. And I, I think it, it's going to be a fun experiment to see it because, Look, obviously doing it as a tribute to Kobe is great, but it's all, but it also for the NBA is a way to test how the Elam ending works because it has had significant success in the basketball tournament. It is something that has high approval ratings. It's been fun to watch for, for basketball fans. People seem to like it. And Nick Elam himself, the guy who created this, he he is super excited to see something like this, a, a variation of it in the NBA All-Star game. It's a step forward to maybe this becoming something that's more mainstream. Maybe it's something that down the line becomes something that people are interested in seeing happen in the G League to see how it works there. And then maybe someday it happens in the NBA or not. Maybe not. 
But it's just fun to see these type of experiments happen in exhibition games or G League games because then eventually maybe something is something that's incorporated at certain points of the season, like in a tournament or something like yeah. that. Who knows? You, 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 you never go to G League games, do you? I've never been to a G League game. No. Okay, I've, I, I've been. To, I go to them because it's not that far from where I live. Um, and the, the, it's the Memphis Hustle. But I've gone down there, and they've got different rules now. Like I don't know how many people know this, but they try different stuff out there all the time. They use it as a lab. And this year, one of the crazy ones was uh, if a guy goes up for like a like if a guy goes up for a shot right and he gets fouled. You, oh, the now free throw rule. Right? Now it's time yeah. to go to the free throw line, and they all get one one shot for two. That's it. You know what I mean? If you make it, you get two points. If you miss it, you get zero. And that's it. There is no one point. You know? And Absolutely. Just to, as, a, as a means to speed things up. Um, I don't think that'll ever get adopted, honestly. Um, in the, the, in the, the, in the NBA. But it's no, interesting no, to watch. I don't, e- I don't either. I, I don't see it ending. However, no, I, maybe, I mean the free throw maybe, too. Maybe like a, if, you, if you have a midseason tournament, for example, I could see a world in which the NBA midseason tournament has the Elam ending, which is effectively what you said, where you're playing to a number and that's when ending ends the game. A shot always ends the game. The time doesn't just run out. It removes the the possibility or it limits the possibility of free throws in the final minutes, intentional falling and all that. It can be super, super exciting. If anybody who's watched the TBT, the basketball tournament, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, because if you made the number, and let's just say, just for the sake of an example, and I know it's low, but let's say you made the number 100 and a team was up, you know, 98 to 80, but then the other team, you know, next thing you know, it's 98, 98. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, how much more drama is that? Right, because the team you've gone on an eighteen zero run, and you've stopped this team every time when they've had a chance to win the game. Of course, I love it. I love it. It's more drama. Um, All stars were named last night. The All Star reserves uh, were named last night, and and this is this is commonplace when this announcement takes place. Um, immediately, what I saw. So I uh, I wasn't right by my computer or, or or my phone when the announcement was made. And then when I picked up my phone, the first name I saw like trending was Devin Booker. And I was like, huh? And obviously I click on it and it's like Devin Booker not named to the all-star team, right? The negative always sells more than the positive. It's not like a lot of people were saying, wow, Jason Tatum made it or DeMontis Sabonis, <laughs> you know. Uh, Congratulations uh, to yeah. Chris Paul for having a bounce <laughs> yeah, back right. season. It's all like <laughs> oh, the Rudy Gobert, you did it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the trending things are like Booker, Beal, Bledsoe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> These yeah. are all the trending things. And so I click on it. And I'm like, oh, they must have just announced them. And so so then I go and I see that they have announced them. And with those announcements, we already had three first-time All-Stars that were announced last week in Luka Doncic, uh, Trey Young, and Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, that's right. Now, as of last night, we add six more to that list. Uh, the new sorry, ones, Sorry for mansplaining you there. <laughs> yeah. The new ones are Sabonis, Tatum, Adebayo, and then in the West, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Brandon Ingram. Um, and then you have some, you know, uh, regular faces. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Sabonis, Tatum, Adebayo in the East. Were any of those surprising to you in the East Reserves? No, not really. I think I was a little surprised Sabonis 
got named an all-star. I am happy he did. Uh, but I, I, I would have expected one of the scorers to get named it over him like Bradley Beal or like even Malcolm Brogdon, who is running the show without Victor Oladipo there. Uh, but I'm happy that a guy got rewarded like Sabonis, who, who is putting up numbers, 18 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, big time numbers for a big man. But he's also doing things beyond the box score with great positional defense, boxing out, setting strong screens, doing things that matter beyond the box score. It's cool to see that get rewarded, but I am a little bit surprised a score didn't get it as is a uh, Bradley Beal's agent and Bradley Beal's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I thought that maybe simply because, you know, he's missed, you know, a, a good portion of games. He's played. Well, not that many 37 games. I thought maybe Lowry might not get it, but yes, that's them, another one. Yeah. They have, they have overperformed. As compared to what everybody thought. Everybody thought that they lost Kawhi and that they'll be a pretty good team, but they're 34 and 14, Kevin. They're not pretty sure. good. I mean, they, their record is truly unbelievable. Well, I think with Beal, with Beal, I'm sure the coaches looked at him and they're like, yeah, the offensive production is ridiculous. 29, 6, but he's one of the worst defenders in basketball this season on the worst defense in basketball. Uh, so that I think that was probably the reason why coaches went for a guy like Lowry, who is a, very important to Toronto's offense. He doesn't have the numbers, but he's integral to their offensive success, and he's a top-tier defensive player. Yeah, it's pretty wild because there are two players, number six and number eight, in the top ten leading scorers in the NBA, and those are Bradley Beal, as you mentioned, at 28.7, Devin Booker at 27.1, and neither of them made it. Two top 10 scorers in the league that did not make the all-star team this year. And clearly, you know, if you want to say defense, I mean, I think it's team record was was held against them. And that these Absolutely. teams, yeah. right? Because it's like, okay, it's nice to have stats, but what do your stats add up to? What do they mean, right? Because it's it's a different world if you're on a winning team. When those w stats contribute to winning, they should be viewed differently. I'm sorry. They just should. Once upon a time, Michael Carter-Williams was like getting triple-doubles all the time. They lost every damn night. Like, who cares? So what? And, and that's why in the Western Conference, I'm a little bit more surprised with somebody like Devin Booker not making it. Granted, Phoenix right now is only 20 and 27. Booker is easily one of the best scorers in basketball by the numbers, but also just from watching him play with his ability to get to the basket and score efficiently and draw fouls with his ability to hit floaters in the paint with his ability to pull up and generate offense at the end of the clock against great defenses from mid range with his ability to hit threes off the dribble with his ability to hit threes off the catch and cut and do all these things on the offensive end of the floor. And on top of that, he can pass. I'm surprised he didn't make it for his offensive contributions and the fact that he has been much, much better on the defensive end of the floor this season than he has been in the past. And those are the things he got knocked for, for being a ball hog, for being a poor defender. And a lot of that was because of his role, as you and I have talked about before. But I'm surprised that wasn't rewarded. With that said, though, who are you taking off in the West I mean, you can, you could make an argument for him over Ingram or Paul or Gobert or Lillard, but I'm not sure the argument is so strong or over Westbrook, but I'm not sure it's such a strong argument that anybody's winning that. To me, 
I look at these teams of 12 players in each conference and I'm thinking to myself, A, why do we still care about the conferences? But B, more so than that, why only 12 players? There's so many great players in the game. I feel like maybe it should just be more than 12. Yeah, I mean, it's been 12 forever and and yet the league has expanded. I'm with you on the sense that uh, you got to tell me somebody's undeserving. Right. And do I look at this and say any of these guys are undeserving of, of being an all star? No, of course I don't. Right. I, so it's I just think, I think two, three weeks ago you could have said Russell Westbrook, but today, with no. the way he's performed as of late, no. He's been awesome. Well, and and here's the other thing. We talk about re- rewarding winning. There is only one team that is five hundred or above that doesn't have a player on these teams. You that, that, is, that is th- the Memphis Grizzlies. It's John Morant. <laughs> Josh shouldn't be over oh, on the team over Booker, though. I, I mean, all I'm, all, I, all I'm saying is you take John Morant off. The, uh, John Morant, they are three wins away from surpassing their Vegas win total. <laughs> I'm not That's kidding. Unbelievable. That's three, unbelievable. And, and, and this kid, he is in the top four in the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. And how many games do you watch that come down to the fourth quarter? Like 90% of them? Morant's been awesome. And so I mean, when it's time to go, he goes. And if you want to tell me somebody that like truly affects winning and losing every single night, I mean, again, his time will come and he'll make 10 in a row, probably, barring injury. But <laughs> he is. It, it, it is fascinating. The only team yeah. that has a 500 or above record that is not represented is them. And I believe... The only guys that are on losing teams are Lillard and Ingram, right? Those are the only teams that have, yeah, the losing I believe, record. I believe well, so, and Trey yes. Young, of course, right? Yeah, who's a Trae starter, Young. right? Who, who, by the way, went the absolute hell off last night. He had, what is it, 25 and 10 in the first half or something oh, like that? And, and for the game, too, Trey Young last night. 39 points, 18 assists. Only four guys in NBA history have ever had 39 and 18. Oscar Robertson, Lenny Wilkins, Tiny Archibald, and Tim Hardaway. Oscar Robertson did it four times. The other three guys did it once. And Trey's the youngest of those guys to do it. It's remarkable what he's done. And I'm happy that we talked about this last week. I'm happy that he got rewarded with being an all-star. I mean, I know the defense is bad for him, but what he does for that Atlanta offense and what he's doing in his individual player is truly, truly special. What we've seen. Yeah. uh, Obviously Bradley Beal was the maddest of this, or at least he was the most honest about his feelings towards it. And he said his agent and girlfriends (laughs) put out statements about it. (laughs) And his trainer, Drew Cannon. If we're, uh, Is that true? Drew, Drew Hanlon. If, if we're, yeah, I mean. Put out er, statements. Er, er, <laughs> yeah. What? You didn't see the thing? No, please read them to me. I didn't uh, see this. All right. Put out a one statement second. about him not making the all-star team. I mean, he said last night that it was, uh, you know, I saw where he said it was disrespectful. He said, I'm a little pissed off about it. I know how I am. So I was kind of expecting it. Honestly, it's disrespectful, but the real ones know. I'll just keep competing. I'm going to try to get my team to the playoffs for sure. When do they play again? Because, God, I wouldn't want to be facing him. Guy might go for 75 points in this next game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, because he's for real pissed about this yeah, whole thing. Mar- uh, Mark Bartlestein, Bradley Beal's agent, uh, put out a, a long two-paragraph statement about Bradley Beal not being on the team, and I'm just going to skim through it. said, quote, 
it's unprecedented for a player to have the type of season that Brad is having to not be in the all-star game. Uh, the Eastern Conference coaches have become robotic and thinking they just have to reward players that are on the winningest teams. Um, the players know and these coaches, if they're being honest, there's nobody in the Eastern Conference other than Giannis that they game plan for harder than they game plan for Brad. That's the reality of it. Oh, my goodness. End quote. Yeah, That's because so, he's the only player yeah. on his team. <laughs> Who else are you going to plan for? Ish Smith? <laughs> I mean, well, I Ad- mean Admiral well, to Schofield, be fair, I mean, like, you, you got a game, about here? You got a game plan from my guy, Mo Wagner. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, David, Davis Bertans, uh, they plan for him because he, well, oh, he shoots a million Unfortunately, Mo's been missing time. Mo's uh-huh. out. Um, so yes, they got Look, a, they got a game plan for three guys. This is Bonner, all I would have said yeah. if I'm if I'm Mark Bartlestein, if I'm any agent, if I'm anybody. Right? This is what I say. I say, look now, we called Elias. All right, this guy averages twenty eight point seven points per game, and the only player to ever average that many points entering an All Star break and not be an All Star was World B Free in nineteen seventy eight. Like, what the hell is going on here? In the last 40 years, if you average 28.7 points per game, you're on the damn all-star team. And he's third in the Easter Conference in scoring. Like, come on, man. Like, I And I would actually, if you told me that, then I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Fair's fair. I mean, if we're, if, we have to, if we're going back to world be free, this is pretty effed up. You know, here, here's a simple solution. Make the all-star team 15 guys for each conference or 30 total in the league. The top 30 guys make the game or make it the top 25, whatever you number you want to do, but add a couple spots. It's simple as that. And then you remove the possibility of there being egregious snubs like this. And yes, there might be years where a guy makes it with it that they shouldn't, but whatever, man. It's all good. I do think Bradley Beal deserves to be an all-star. He I do. does deserve to be an all-star but there's other guys that do I also too. don't cry about it because his team sucks. And sorry, but they do. And I, I don't want to hear that he be, you know, they're it, it's you know, he's paying for staying. Because that, that, that you know, then that 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 bothers me. Because then it's like, right? Then it's like, oh, we'll see what happened to Brad Beal. He stayed with his home team, you know, he stayed uh, you know, he stayed loyal, whatever you want to say. Instead of just jumping ship and joining a super team and whatever, and look what happened to him. It's like, yo, man, like he knew he was coming back to a losing team, though. It's not like they made some kind of grand commitment when Brad Beal made his decision for him to know, to to believe that they were going to compete this year. Like he knew that. He knew that. It's not like the, it's not like the organization has like done him wrong in this year. He knew this was a rebuild and he decided to sign up and be a part of it. You know, and I do. I don't like that it cost him, but I don't know. Just they, add a couple spots. That's stink. my that's my proposed solution. Add a couple spots. That's fine. Um, we are going to have, uh, for the first time in a long time, five days after the death of Kobe Bryant, we will see the Lakers back in action. It is going to be an ESPN game. They are playing against the Portland Trailblazers tonight, and. This is going to be, I mean, I can't fathom something being more emotionally charged than this and what takes place tonight. It will be like no other game that we have seen and certainly no other Laker game that anyone has ever seen. 
and they will have tributes inevitably uh, that go on tonight. And then, right, like that's all, you know, that's going to be part of the, you know, the game tonight. And that's a hard game to play, right? That is a hard game to play. And I would imagine that there will not be a dry eye for anybody in that entire arena and for most people that are watching on television. It's going to be an amazing night. And I think for any basketball fan, particularly Lakers fans, I mean, any photo or video you've seen from outside Staples Center right now, it's it's just beautiful, really. It, it's beautiful to see all the flowers that were brought out there, the the you know the bobbleheads of Kobe Bryant, the balloons, you know everything that's out there remembering Kobe Bryant's life and the eight others, including his daughter that passed away that on that on that Sunday. Um, it, it's a beautiful scene outside of Staples Center, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like inside that building tonight. Yeah, we have uh, two guys also that are both a part of the. Laker organization and the two biggest guys that are part of that organization right now, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Did you see both got Kobe tattoos? I did not. Yeah. Wow. Both, both of them got Kobe Bryant tattoos, um, heading into, uh, tonight's game and, uh, in this time off that they've had the last couple of days. And so this is going to be rather unbelievable. That that organization has really been through it. They've been talking to, you know, there's been the stories about people that have been, you know, that's somebody that was like a co-worker for them for over 20 years and grief counseling going yep. on, et cetera, et cetera, over the course of the past, of the uh, over the course of the past week. Just honestly, Kev, like nothing we have ever seen. No, um, no. And I'll be, I'll be interested to watch it uh, tonight to say the least. Uh, for sure. Um, is Kawhi Leonard hurt? Oh, he was supposed to play last night until not long before the game when uh, he uh, got pulled out with lower back tightness. Very interesting. For the first time in a while, it seemed like the Clippers were going to be healthy, and then they go out and have one of their worst losses of the season without Kawhi Leonard playing, losing to the Kings. Ooh. Yeah, and you see, like, you know, he's had the, he's had the knee thing, right? And so you never yes. again. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to make any assumptions on this. But I mean, he's had this knee problem. They they've obviously been taking it easy with him over the course of this year. Um, but then when he's supposed to play, and then he doesn't last night because and it, and it's a back thing. You just want you know. Obviously, look with him. I never know what to think. Like a lot of guys, I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, oh yeah. He'll be fine. You know what I mean? He'll rest up and he'll come back. But I mean, everything was so bizarre uh, during a season that the guy missed, you know? <laughs> and even this year, Doc Rivers has gotten fined for saying that the guy felt great, you know? And so I never know what to take at face value with that, do you, right? Do you? So with the Clippers, right? They're a good team, a very good team. Sure. And they, they have a chance to be a sensational team in the playoffs and do something special and make a finals run. That goes without saying. However, how weird is it that last year when Kawhi misses games with Toronto, they still perform at a, an elite level. But without Kawhi this year, anytime he doesn't play, they have struggled. The Clippers have. And one of the big reasons why is that Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell pick and roll duo has not been as deadly as it was last season 
Those guys were awesome last year. One of the best duos in the league. Lou Will and Harold coming off the bench and or finishing games for that matter was an amazing combination. But this year it just doesn't have the same potency that seems like their offense has a bit less dynamic actions off ball as well. There just seems to be we've hit this before with the chemistry aspect, but something is just off with them and they haven't been able to perform at a high level when Kawhi's been out. And they haven't even been able to be what you expect them to be with the Lou Will Harrell pick and roll. Even when those guys are healthy, it's just something seems wrong with the way these guys are mixing together, whether it's chemistry or coaching or whatever, or all of it. I don't know, but something's wrong here. I would just tell you that the amount of minutes, the the lack of the amount of minutes that they have played together as a unit is just astonishing. Astonishing, considering that you know there's not an immense amount of time missed for an injury, like a block of time where a guy was out for like you know thirty games or something, right? Like the even there just haven't been that many games that they have played together. There's not that many minutes that they have logged on the court. You remember it was just a week ago that we were uh, that we were talking about this, and I and I said that there was the that Brian Winhorst article that had mentioned that at that point, and this is, you know, less than a week ago, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have played in the same game 18 times. It's insane. I mean, it's, I mean, of course they have chemistry, you know what I mean? (laughs) mean, How are you supposed to get it? They've never played together. It's not like this is like a returning team, right? It'd be different if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have only been in the starting lineup together 18 times, right? Well, like we've got a long track record of them logging games and then even playoff games together. But in this case, these guys were thrown together for this season. And we're talking about, you know, they've played 40 high 40s amounts of games at this point, And they got, what, maybe 20, maybe half of them ever that they've been on the same court. And, and that's both a reason for, for, optimism but also a reason for concern optimism in the sense that like yeah these guys of course they're not clicking because they haven't had games together they haven't had enough practices together and that matters but the negative aspect is just that that come april how much experience are they going to have to have and how healthy can these guys actually be because there's not been much reason for optimism that Kawhi will be able to stay healthy through a long well, that's, a, that's the fascinating run. thing about these these duos trios whatever you want to call them all coming together because some of these teams as we talked about they've got the advantage of bringing back the majority of their guys right you've seen that it, it, the two top teams in the east brought back their guys, the Bucks and the Raptors. And I know the Raptors lost Kawhi, but those other guys that are logging the minutes, by, by and large, are used to playing with each other. Um, and then you see these other teams. It took a little bit for the Pacers, you know, to, to, to find their stride. And it took a little bit uh, for Miami to find their stride. And it's taking, you know, it, it's just taking a little bit longer, I think. The, the Clipper thing is extending longer, then and it will just extend longer because a lot of those teams they played their first 20 games together as a unit. You're still seeing this Houston thing try to get figured out. I mean, James Harden was amazing and Russell Westbrook sucked. And now Russell Westbrook has been amazing and James Harden just had his worst month in three years. 
So, <laughs> right? Like, how can we get them both really good at the same time is something that team's trying to figure out. And they've played 47 games. You know? I mean, it just it takes a little while to, to figure stuff out. And we say all that, and the Clippers are in, you know, third place tied with the Nuggets and are four games back from the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so despite that, but we we both know you watch them. And I think we thought, and there certainly have been moments where they are absolutely devastating, but on a regular basis, if you flip them on, you don't go, geez, man, that team is, I mean, that I wouldn't want to play them, you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, there are nights that they do and they look devastating, but there's a lot of nights where, you know, you wonder. And so I think that's why we're 47 games into the season, 48 in their case, and you watch it. And especially if you watch an away game, I mean, they're 14 and 10 away from home, which is not a great record. Take in, for instance, you know, the, the Lakers are 20 and five. So it doesn't matter where you're watching them. They pretty well always look good. Um, Zion Williamson versus John ja Morant gets to take place tonight. Yes. Uh, in New Orleans, um, neither of them are represented on the All-Star team. I would assume that both of them are going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge. I guess we'll find out uh, regarding what happens with the uh, Rising Stars uh, rosters, which are going to be announced uh, here very shortly. But what you're going to find is these two guys who are going to be one and two in rookie of the year, probably if Zion plays the rest of the season out and has these crazy numbers have not been on the same court with each other. They are fellow South Carolinians once upon a time played on the same AAU team. Imagine that. Um, it sucks because, because of the Knicks quasi, well, I don't even want to say brawl like the, the this, <laughs> this shunning match, uh, this, this weenie know. melee, that takes place, um, the, the melee of the weenies. Um, it, it it takes place, and and Jaron Jackson and Marco Guterich for the Grizzlies have been suspended for the game tonight. And you know Jackson would have gotten time on Zion when Zion gets down on the block. Um, and so that, that that stinks, right? That you don't get the full experience. Um, but I am sure that there are a lot of people that are hardcore NBA fans that are going to want to flip that one on because these two rookies have absolutely delivered on being nightly highlights. So this is a question I like asking myself before I watch each Pelicans game. Who, who stops like, or who's the guy defending Zion? So Jaron Jackson's out. Who is it that you're putting on Zion? I bet Zion, they'll put Crowder, Crowder. I'd imagine. Crowder? Okay. All right. Yep. Crowder's going to get just destroyed. <laughs> It's going to be fun to watch, though. And by the way, uh, NBA with this suspension, I mean, it's just absolute bullshit. And I'm not saying this as a homer. Look, Alfred Payton went and shoved Jay Crowder into a row of empty seats at Madison Square Garden, by the way. The front row seats were completely empty, so it was an easy shove. And so he shoves him, and then you have Marcus Morris shoving John ja Morant, and you have this whatever. And Jaron Jackson, who is like, not even, not even close to where this melee goes. Is take you know he's down on the uh, behind the goal, like about to celebrate the Jay Crowder three, and that's why he's so far down. Um, he ends up getting suspended at the same amount as Alfred Payton. Like if you're whole, if you're doing this whole like 
the bench thing and don't leave the bench or whatever. Like, what is the spirit of the rule here? Because you're getting you're you're living out these fines, but for Jaron Jackson to get the same penalty as Alfred Payton is just bananas. <laughs> and and like and Jay Crowder was like involved in the thing and he's not suspended or anything, but I just I don't know. I know they have this hard, fast rule about leaving the bench. But, like, I do think involvement should matter. And I also think, what are you trying to detour here? Because those guys weren't going to leave the bench to go fight. They were going to leave the bench to break it up, you know, to try to stop things from happening. And that's the shame of it all. The guys that instigate the actual fracas get off the same as the guys that didn't do anything, you know? And I don't know what your de- what what behavior you're deterring there, you know. If the penalties are the same, and that's why that's why it's bothersome. And also, I wanted to see Jaron Jackson play against Zion. Mm-hmm. You know. Instead, we'll see how uh, Brandon Clark does. Who oh, Brandon should, Clark, yeah, who, who should be on our, on the Rising Stars team, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see about that. Brandon Clark will be on the Rising Stars team yeah. because well, they they well, no look. You remember how they do it with the world thing? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. so he's gonna he'll be Canada. He doesn't really. He's a weird one because he doesn't. Like he he was born in Canada, but he doesn't really. He, like he kind of he tells everybody he's from Arizona. He never tell. He would never tell you he's from Canada. Interesting, right? Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, he doesn't have any memories from Canada. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have any kind of like, you know, like some of these guys, like a like a R.J. Barrett or Tristan Thompson, whatever. I mean, they grew up in Canada. They've got Canadian pride, as it were. I don't. I don't sense that. Um, speaking of the rising stars, I have to mention this. Chris Haynes from Yahoo tweeted out, uh, Philadelphia 76ers Matisse Thibel was not voted by an assistant coach, uh, by the assistant coaches to participate in the rising stars game. Here's Kevin O'Connor from the ringer. Makes no sense. Matisse Thibel is already one of the NBA's best defenders and coaches didn't put him in the freaking rising stars game. Come on. Not to mention, he's 36% from three and plays team basketball. Thibel should be rewarded, exclamation mark. It's just <laughs> the rising stars, but this is dumb. Oh it is God. dumb. You already got a thousand likes on this piece of crap it, tweet? It, it, it is this a, dumb. What, what is this, an overreaction? No, it's... Yes, how's, it is. How's this an overreaction? Because you put an exclamation point in it. How's this an how's this overreaction? The exclamation though? point... The, the, the Rising Stars, as we speak, were just announced. The U.S. team, Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter, Devontae Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Paschal, P.J. Washington, Zion Williamson, Trey Young. Well, couldn't Dibble... Uh, look, uh, our... Will uh, uh, Carter ain't going to play. He's hurt. Uh, and, Trey, and Trey, Trey Young's not going to play, so why do you even put him on the damn team? Okay, then just put Thibel there. Right? Why put him on the guy. damn team if I he's not going to play they, in it? I hope so, they name somebody besides Thibel for that spot. <laughs> and, and then the world team, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, DeAndre and R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Rui Hachimura, Svee Mikhailuk, Josh Akogi, Mo Wagner, baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Mo Go Wagner. Mo. <laughs> Mo Wagner. Wait, who was the guy you said from Detroit? Svee. Uh, Svee McKayluk. He's been awesome. Awesome for the Pistons. That, that's not, it's not even a name. That's just letters. No. Svee? What? 
Yeah, it's, it's letters. Come on. SVI? Just, uh, no, I'm not even going <laughs> to respond to that. They, they, no, hold on. You need to respond. That is, you're not you're, allowed to do that. It's initials. It's <laughs> initials. Are there a lot of people named Speed that I, I'm unaware of or something? No, and and no, that's that's short for his full name. Which is what? I, I don't know. I, Let's I just say always, it. I just know him as Speed. I, I, I dare you. I dare you to. <laughs> and you 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 crapped on me for my pronunciations for years. Go no, ahead and try I, to no, say my it. pronunciations. I I mispronounce words for a, a long time. I mispronounced. Uh, <laughs> advantageous as advantages <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to always say disadvantages instead of disadvantageous or advantageous i get it right now i, hey, I mispronounce hey. words too you want me and to, i also hey. mispronounce names you, you know what to- everybody mispronounces luka Doncic. it's luka Doncic. that's the way it should be pronounced don't yeah, all right Doncic. look here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to one-up you on a Rising Stars tweet. Okay. That's what All I right. need to do. Right. You, no, not about Sfi. This is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to say, yeah, are you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a more controversial one than yours. Should I do this? I'm going to put up. Yeah, just, yeah. But you, no. can, you can do it. You can do it. You're right. Like It might be more controversial. Fear, feel free. But it doesn't change the fact that it's bull. That Thibel didn't make. Okay, the well, here mine out. Here mine out. I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah, look, I'm workshopping this right now, right? Okay. DeAndre Ayton on the Rising Stars oh, that's, team. That's dumb. Great message to send NBA. Do drugs and come out ahead. Oh my God. Come on. I know wow. it's just the Rising Stars game, but this is dumb. He didn't do drugs. He used uh, masking agents. <laughs> <laughs> Great message to send to the kids, NBA. Find somebody else that doesn't bend the rules, exclamation mark. You ready? Yeah. Sure. I would not press send on that. You wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, it's he should be he should be on the team. Uh, well, I mean, I guess look. I guess I'm just gonna have a conversation with my son. As as have, uh, oh, he's, but my son says, "Why did he only was he injured? Why does he only play 20 games?" And I say, "Son, sit down." And then I have to explain to him, much like I had to about you know Mark McGuire when he asked me, "Oh, come on about the home run record." Sad day, sad sad day. <laughs> Kevin, I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the games this weekend. And uh, I will talk to you on Tuesday. And Matisse Thibault should be on the Rising oh, Stars Matisse team. Thibel. Will all, you stop? Yeah. Look, yeah. we got to stop with this, this stuff. Look, I am the, the king of defending the defenders. Okay? Wait, dude, were you ever fighting for Tony Allen to be an all-star? I I used to root for Tony Allen. Uh, did you ever? He, he, was, he was on some of my favorite Celtics teams growing up. All of a sudden, I we're going to act like. I used to love Tony Allen. I can also love Tony Allen, even though he spent the latter half of his career in Memphis. He came from Boston in 04. I, I watched. I watched him grow up. I but saw I'm saying, him. Tear, were you saying saw, the guy should ever tear, be an All Star? I saw him tear his ACL and come back and still be a stellar young player, a stellar defensive player. And I was sad when he left. All I I'm used to love is, I'm, All I'm saying, Kev, is were you sitting there fighting for the guy to be an All Star because he was the best defender in the league? No, you, but this isn't an All Star. This is a rising star. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Big difference.
But he's also a rising star that shoots 38% from the field and averages five points a game. Come oh, on. C- come on, man. No, you come on. It's five points a game. Slow yeah. down. He's one of the best defenders in basketball. And he shoots 37% from three. He plays his role and makes smart decisions. We just talked about how it's nice to see Sabonis get rewarded. Granted, he's putting out much bigger numbers, but Thibel's... You're just just doing that because you've shit on Ben Simmons so much. You need to do something to get the Philly fans... Yeah, you need the Philly fans back on your side. Yeah, you do. Before the season... You're like, you know what? I'm tired of these Philly fans just constantly shitting on me all the time. I'm going to... I'm going to cape for a guy that averages four but points a game before the season, before the season, I said Thibel was going to immediately be one of the best defenders in basketball. And I was right. Fact is, is that Thibel is getting screwed here. And yes, it's just a rising stars game. Who cares? He'll get votes for all defensive team and he might not make it because he's only playing 20 minutes. But the fact is, is that he is widely respected as one of the best defenders in the game as a rookie. And that's great to see because it's rare to your point, to see guys like Tony Allen, to see guys like Matisse Thibel be rewarded and be recognized for their elite defense. So it's cool, in my opinion, to have a guy in the league like this. It's great. I'm excited about Thibel and to see how he develops over time. I'm stoked. I'm pumped and jacked about Thibel, Chris. <laughs> I love him. I knew you would I be. love him. All right. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super yeah. Bowl, Kev. Kevin's on the 49ers. He did not convince me, though. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. All right. Uh, Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing another episode. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. It really helps. We will talk to you next week.